Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, live from Newtown, King Street. Lucky last. Last time we get to speak to our wonderful listeners for 2016, Troy. What a year. <coughs> it's exciting, and, and uh, yeah, it is exciting. And it was a great year. And it was a tough year, though. <clears throat> As I go around, Troy, I speak to a lot of people, and even though the real estate market, for most, most of our listeners, has been very good, if you look at the demand and buyers and auctions, you know, in most areas, I know Perth's had its challenges, of course, Tom, but... Um, I look at that and yet there's still a degree of fatigue because I think the number of listings has been so tight. Yeah. People have been fighting tooth and nail to get a hold of the stock yeah. so then they can then take it to market and sell it. Yeah. Of course, the selling process got easier because of the demand's there, but the listing process seems to have been quite exhaustive. So I think a lot of real estate agents will have a fairly healthy bank balance at the end of this year, but will also be quite looking forward to a couple of weeks break. Yeah, I think that's uh, well said. I think one of the things that came uh, clear, even REA mentioned it to me yesterday, I've noticed it from uh, News Corp, is um, the shortage of listings around the country also changed some of the behaviour of agents at listing presentations. They were um, they started introducing um, off-market sales a lot more frequently, uh, wanting to get properties uh, sold uh, without too much media because days on market was low. Um, I think, uh, John, I noticed that just an incredible appetite, actually I wouldn't call it an appetite, a hunger to learn more video and social media in this new world. Because I think one of the things that's becoming very clear to me is people are moving away from that spray and pray approach to real estate where you just blast the whole market with lots of canvassing. And I think what's actually happened is 2016 has been the year where video, social media are becoming the letterbox drop and the communication um, that agents have with their community. And yeah. um, there's a thirst for it. Yeah, and we should talk about trends for the year. I think that, mm. that's probably our theme for today. Just as you mentioned before, though, Tom, off market, if someone said to me a little while ago, Troy, they said, well, you know, we think right now you should be taking everything to auction because there's so little stock if you want to build your profile and make sure whatever. And I said, no, 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 you can't make a decision on what you take to auction, what you don't take to auction based on your profile. It's every single decision you make as an agent is what is in the best interest of my client. Yeah. Now, anything else is irrelevant. And, and if it's in the best interest of your client to take it to market as opposed to sell it before auction or sell it without marketing, and, you know, Tom, you, you know... You, you share my views that my passion for marketing and creating competitive tension and all the things that actually go hand in hand with a strong marketing campaign or indeed auction campaign. But you must make a decision as to what is in the client's best interest. So someone that says to me, well, you know, I want to have 12 pages in the local paper. And I'm saying, well, okay, that's if it's relevant and it's in the interest of the client, good outcome. But otherwise, you know, you should, you're making the wrong decisions. So yeah. anyway, that was it. So we, we should kind of have a think about 2016, we're nearly over. In fact, this is our last podcast. What exercises your mind or what do you think back this year that either intrigues you? Is it a new trend? Uh, who has inspired you? Who, who, who's intrigued you potentially? Um, I mean, one that comes to mind for me, which is fascinating, I think, is Donald Trump. Yeah. Now, of course, he's probably been one of the big news stories of 2016 because, <clears throat> you know, he, he came from an unwinnable position, basically, and, and, he, and he won and, and ended up in the most powerful role on planet Earth, I suspect, in this day and age. And I look at that because I was have been a sort of a, a great critic of his, only because I think there's a number of his values that don't align with mine and, you know, we've, it's been well documented about his 
you know, what he said about women and uh, he's very aggressive and, you know, some people even call him racist and build a wall and keep the Mexicans out and ban uh, Muslims coming in and all this kind of crazy stuff. But I was having a debate with a good friend of mine the other day, Tom, and, and he's like me, he's very anti. And I was saying, well, as anti as we are, we can learn from Trump. Yeah. You can learn from anyone. You can learn from, you know, any crazy person. That doesn't mean you have to like what they do or, or respect them, but I think you can learn. So I think back on Trump and I think, what have I learned about Trump? How did he win the unwinnable election? Well, the first thing I think is he persisted and I think he actually kept believing that he could do it, even when all the media and all the polls and everyone was saying he's a 100 to 1 chance and Hillary's going to win it. And, and I think, you know, the professional markets were saying, <coughs> you know, she's you know, at unbackable odds and he's long, long odds to win this sort of thing. And yet he actually overcame that. So I think for a, for a business owner or an agent out there, <coughs> excuse me, you must continue to believe in yourself yeah. and you must continue to persist because I actually think he only became a serious winning chance in the last few weeks. Yeah. I think prior to that, then, anyone that was rational or logical or any sense of, um, of um, you know, uh, qualification thinking about could he really do it would have said no, no chance. But in the end, of course, all of a sudden, you know, the, the door opened up and there was a glimmer of hope and he got there. And I wonder, you know, what, what it is, what, what do people like about it? Well, one is I think people are sick and tired of political puffery yeah. and politicians turning up like stuffed shirts and they kind of, they reel off this really inauthentic monologue and they never do what they promise to do. And actually people are sick and tired of it. Yeah. And I keep saying to our industry and, and Troy to our team, as you well know, People don't have the time to listen to waffle and riddles and gimmicks. Yeah. People want to know, so what's the deal? Yeah. Now, whether Trump actually follows through on any of this, which I suspect and hope he won't, because a lot of his stuff he said was crazy rhetoric, yeah. at least if you kind of were interested in him, you knew what he stood for. Yeah. He was very direct. He was opinionated. So he, you know, he didn't sit on the fence. He said, well, here's what I'm going to do. Now, even if it was craziness like build a wall and keep the Mexicans out, that was as insane as that is, at least people that wanted to know what his view on something was, they were really clear about it. I think about it, the other thing was I think he was, you know, let's call it a showman or a good storyteller. Yeah. And, and, you know, in sales, whilst you have to do it with integrity and perhaps he didn't, in sales you've got to be a great showman and a great storyteller. So when you leave someone's kitchen table like we're in today here in our Newtown office, when you leave an environment, you need someone to be excited having had met you. Yeah. And I think a lot of people got excited by Trump because he was, you know, he was a great storyteller and he was a showman and, and he would make these, you know, graphic metaphoric statements. And, you know, like you I said... Just, John, just listening to you go through those, uh, to me, that's three points that you've mentioned there. Um, uh, one of them is the ability to tell a good story. And I recently interviewed Rick Saray on the real estate gym and mm. he, he had just come from losing a listing presentation and he actually said, I've just lost this list. Which would be rare for him because he's, yes. he's very successful. <laughs> and I said to him, it's actually on camera, the video is going to come out. Well, it actually came out last week. And he said, um, Tom, I go, why would you lose it, Rick? He said, my story wasn't strong enough as the other's story. He goes, that's what it was. He mm. goes, it's not that I'm not better. Mm. It's not that they're better. They're good. But in that one hour, their story was far more convincing than my story. Who moves the vendor? Correct. Who sat across the table and the vendor felt excited, inspired. So as an agent, that's yeah. what you've got to do. You can go through all the statistics, you can talk to the process, you can do a whole range of stuff, which is, I'm sure, brilliant. 
But if you don't shift the vendor's thinking and feeling about you and get them excited about working with you and excited about selling the property. So you need to shift them from often cynical, nervous, scared, petrified in some instances, uncertain, to confident, clear, optimistic, trusting in the space of 45 minutes. Yeah. Now, of course, you know, your background in the market prior to that will have either given you a head start or not. And if you've been doing great opens, great feedback, great customer service, great auctions in your community for the last 12 months or 12 years, that's going to be a head start. But when you sit in front of them, how do they feel 20 minutes later? 100%. So, so, so And with Trump, from... people go to a rally yeah. and, and an hour later, they were cheering. Yeah. Like I said, I don't agree with almost <clears throat> anything that he said. I have... No respect for for almost every policy that I ever heard him espouse, but I still think you look at him and you say, well, you did it, man. You actually got there and you overcame the numbers and you told enough, you know, things to inspire people. So, you know, sorry, Troy. Well, I was just going to say, following <coughs> that same narrative with Trump, it was kind of the year of the underdog. Right. Or the ones that were most willing to <coughs> hustle the competition. You know, you he, think he about... Hustled, he hustled, that's a good word. Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Decades and decades. Tell me about them. I know nothing about Chicago Cubs. Um, So, Troy, can you fill us in? Baseball or or Beyond the South Sydney Rabbitohs (laughs) and the Sydney Swans, I know very little. Well, we'll go to the NRL and you go to the Cronulla Sharks. You know, how long has it been since they've been? Their belief structure actually put them in an advantage because no one else thought they could do it. So, Troy, that's the other thing that I... I, uh, the, the, The comparison I see between Trump and successful real estate girls and guys is that they think possibility, not probability. Now, um, yeah. he picked him before others picked him. Correct. And I think that that's a key learning about Donald Trump. What you think of you is far more important than what others think of you. And what actually happened is he would not listen to the media, he would not listen to other people, and he kept saying, I'm going to be the next president. He wouldn't right? listen to his advisors. He wouldn't listen to his advisors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, this is... The, Thank that, God he didn't read the media that said he couldn't win. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, there's, a, there's another learning. I mean, ironically, it comes from someone that's actually employed in the media, but I've always <coughs> said it. The media is very good at telling people about the one plane that didn't land properly, not the 57,000 that did. That's just a fact of life Mm -hmm. because the way the transaction works is shock people, get their eyeballs, then be able to sell the marketing, and that's the whole equation. And unfortunately, misery sells, and Mm -hmm. that's what the attraction is. But the the third thing um, that I hear as you were summarising Donald Trump's win, John, it was about personal brand. Mm. about building a Mm. brand, Mm. Mm. about if you try and become everything to everyone, you become no one to anyone. And he became something to a group of people. And there's a saying, um, um, your your tribe gets your vibe. So Mm. he got Mm. a group of people that said, we're in it with you. Um, The other thing, Tom, I reckon he outworked. I'm not saying Hillary didn't work hard, but... Any given night or any given day, he was in front of a crowd of, you know, 50 or 500 or 50,000, who knows, and every, going across the country, back and forth, back and forth. Now, you've got to say, and I, and I have the same respect in this regard to Malcolm Turnbull, Trump didn't need the dollar. Like, you know, he, he's there, and whether he's a one billionaire or a 10 billionaire, doesn't matter, the guy's very wealthy, and yet he was working 24-7 to win every single vote that he could and get in front of as many people... So as a, as, a, as a business kind of owner and leader, I look at that and I say, you know, great metaphor there. You know, you've got to make sure, whether it's a little town hall meeting or if it's a big, you know, all-hands conference, 
you got to make sure you do that. So I think you know, he got in front of the people. He told a story that inspired. He was clear about stuff, whether you liked it or not. He's very clear about it. He knew his story as well. Yeah. He definitely knew what he was trying to achieve and mm. his tribe that he was trying to attract to become loyal followers. <coughs> and I think a lot of real estate, if you relate that back to real estate, a lot of the times we get caught up in the real estate jargon mm. and we don't actually resonate with the client to what their needs are. We don't mm. allow them to tell us what they need and then deliver it. We yes. go to that process of, yep, we do a four-week campaign, we do a premiere all out on REA, right. uh, we do a video, we do an auction. Right. But my house is different. So yeah. you've got to be conscious of that in the market and how that relates to the individual client. Mm. Yes. Because if the deal's there to be done off market, for whatever reason, get it done off market. Mm. If it's a unique property, maybe it's a different strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that, that's interesting. So that was, uh, that was really good. Um, <clears throat> a couple of other people um, that, that come to mind for me. One of my favourites, and I know yours too, Tom, is Matt Steinway, who's currently yeah. our number one agent after the first six months of this year. And, you know, in a company that's got 500 agents, many of the best in the country, that's no small feat, considering, you know, he's also working in a, you know, let's call it a regional market. He's not in, you know, Double Bay or Mossman, regional market. And I guess what I love about Matty Steinway <coughs> is um, he's authentic, he's lovable, he's totally honest, which is, you know, prerequisite, mm. certainly for us anyway. And... He proves that great people finish first. You know, the yeah. once upon a time, you kind of, when you were in the world of business, you know, I remember coming into it, I used to worry and fear that being honest, living life with integrity according to your values, um, doing all those kind of things and being a good person and being a compassionate, caring person, if you had all those things, a lot of the business kind of uh, leaders at that time, and we call it business winners, they seemed to lack a lot of that. It was almost like the more ruthless you could be and the harsher you could be and in some instances the more lies you could tell and get away with, the more successful you'd become. So I always had that kind of inner civil war, tug of war with, you know, could, could, could you do it? And I think Maddie for me, embodies a great person who's totally honest and compassionate that actually ends up, and he's just like shooting lights out. He'd be you know, well, close just, to the well, top in well, Australia now. John, I think it would be remiss if I didn't uh, throw uh, uh, my 20 cents worth on, on Matt and yourself, actually. Um, many of the people listening here, John, wouldn't know that um, the day after Eric got diagnosed with, uh, with cancer, yeah. like very few people know. Second time around, Second right? time around. So um, I got diagnosed on the Tuesday uh, morning and I began chemotherapy. And as I you know, talk today, I'm letting you know that so I'm in remission, yep. cancer's gone, yep. chemo worked. I'm in radiation till Christmas Eve just to get, um, um, it's the insurance yep. more than anything else. But I clearly remember in the darkest days where things were looking bad, I had to make a decision on what was going to happen with uh, my weekly commitments on the real estate gym. And um, both you and Matt Steinway came up and said, we're taking over. Yeah. You go away. Whatever you need. Chemotherapy, this and that. And um, I mean, John, I know I'm forever grateful, you know, for for what you did and and all these other things that you've did um, uh, behind behind the scenes. So thank you so much. Ple- like, absolute you know, pleasure. What you've done is like you know, <coughs> absolute family. And Matt Steinway said to me, Tom, if I've got to drive to Sydney two times a week, I'll do that for the rest of the year. And this is a guy who's number one in Australia at the moment, or close to it, yeah. who's got plenty on his agenda, and yet all he was interested in, and, and that's what, you know... John, okay. when we say he's the number one, let's also, I want all the audience to know, when we talk about Matt Steinway, 
Matt Steinway doesn't sell $10 million houses. No. Matt Steinway sells a lot of houses to be number one. Yeah. Matt Steinway, and he said to me two days ago, because he rings he, every couple of days, he rings up and you think, um, what are we going to talk about there? And he just finishes a full call. Mate, there's nothing else. Love you, mate. That's know, it. You think to yourself, what is it? Is yeah. it some appointment? Is That's it something? That's the charm. <laughs> right? So, there's so, no agenda. That's what I love yeah. about him. But he's pumped. <coughs> he has me. said to me that um, we haven't seen anything. What he's got planned up his sleeve in terms of volume transactions for 2017 is to t- go to the next level. And yeah. that's inspiring because I think um, um, to do that over two decades, that's class. Yeah. And I don't want to dwell in because he'll hate all this because he's the most humble and, and he's almost, you know, he feels ill when you kind of, you know, try and heap praise on him, which we're doing now, but it's well deserved. But I agree with you, and, and I think that's just because Troy and I were talking on the way here this morning and just saying, so what would be a good last podcast? Let's talk about the people that inspire, inspire us, the people we've learned from. Just a quick little mention also, we did a great interview, which is on Tom's Facebook and, and uh, so forth with Gavin Rubenstein. I yeah. thought that was probably yeah, one of the awesome. highlight interviews. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll never forget that moment when I said, you know, how far can you take this? And he looked and he said, without a blink, 10 million. Well, John, Gavin Rubenstein, to me, is the example of what has happened in real estate in the last two years. There's a saying, nothing breeds failure like success. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing a lot of the agents that have been around for a long time not doing the actions (laughs) and the behaviours of this new breed of agent. So Gavin Rubenstein wrote $3 million. He's 29 years of age. Mm -hmm. There is a group of people that are in that mold. They're not writing $3 million, but they're writing a million dollars, $1.5 million. So what we've seen is the emergence. Which is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Agent 3.0. This Agent 3.0 is um, tech savvy, hungry, they're fit, Yep. They have decided to go pro. They dress good. They haven't chosen real estate because they didn't get into university. They chose real estate because they actually see that this can give them dreams and aspirations that a corporate tower in the CBD can't give them. Professional career. Correct. Not, not give it a crack. This is a professional career yeah. that you can build a business inside a business, which he's done and Matt's done and many of others have done. Yeah, look, I, I think that's really awesome. You know, I uh, and you mentioned before, Tommy, I want to come back to it, is the digital side. Uh, and, you know, obviously REA is our sponsor, but, you know, whether they were or they weren't, there's no doubt that, you know, the world of digital is just continuing to gather momentum. Um, and I think that in our industry, the question is, you know, what is next and where do you have to be as an agent to take advantage of that? And I think clearly social media has gone from being an interesting way of keeping your family and friends aware of, you know, what you did on your holidays to now a serious um, channel to promote yourself, your personal brand, and even some of your products or your properties. So I think that social media side has crossed over that chasm, Troy, of mm-hmm. you know, an interesting thing that one day might have an impact to now, if you're kind of as a company or a brand or an individual not looking at ways to leverage it, you're going to be falling behind in 2017. So get into it. I, I'm not a personal, you know, sort of Facebook type person, but in, when it comes to the business, I'm, I'm very, you know, onto it and I'm making sure that our team are, are going out there. Well, John, John, social media to me now has, I mean, the word actually is not a very good word to describe it because it suggests it's, it's fun. It mm. suggests it's recreational. But the reality is social media is a database system. Because what you're doing is you are sending information with one press of a button 
to 20,000 people. Now, if you've got an audience and you've got a message and you've got frequency, you're building trust with that audience. So what I'm seeing happening is people are getting an email from your CRM system. They're getting, you know, for instance, the McGrath uh, annual or you do it quarterly um, a report. Yep. They're getting just listed and just sold invitations. Um, but they're also getting messages through Insta, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, and marketing works in combination, not in isolation. And that's what we're actually seeing, that all these things yeah. are fitting a jigsaw puzzle now. Well, I just wrote the word layers. As you were saying that on my pad here, I just wrote down the word layers. Yeah. It's about layers. It's about what do you like at your opens on Saturday? What's your social media like? What's your local paper um, you know, like? What's the quality of your photos like? What's your community contribution like? You, you, you have to be layering, which is, you know, you're talking about Gavin and others and Matt. Um, you've got to be layering all these things one on top of the other. You can't just look good on a Saturday afternoon and then do nothing else. Yeah. You can't just look good in the local paper and have a poor profile when it comes to digital. Yeah. You, you've actually got to have all these things working for you because now not only are people using lots of different ones, but they're using them simultaneously. Yeah. So they're going to them, went with Career, the Manly Daily, then they're going to REA, then they're going to you know Tom Panos' Facebook, and then they're going to the whole list and they're looking at videos, which is the next thing. Yeah. You know, anyone that's not looking to leverage, I know you do it really well, Tom, through your, your social media, you know, the power of video. I've got to say now, when I do a Google search, the first thing I look for is a video result that can, I can watch for 30 seconds or two minutes to give me a much better insight to whatever is the outcome rather than reading two pages or three articles, Troy. Yeah. It's like... <coughs> There's a bit of a shift as well. Video products, as, as we know <coughs> them, we kind of went through that real estate professionalism of... Um, suit and tie, very polished um, agent in front of the camera, walk through the property. Studio use. quality. Yeah, studio yeah. quality. I think those days are slowly not becoming as frequent. Like, they're not the new norm. The new norm is live stream. Yeah. So what can you get mm. real-life information out to the public quickly? Um, people want to know... Authentic. Authentic personalities. So they mm. want to know who you are as a person. There's no point being... Troy Malcolm, the presenter, when it's not, it's Troy Malcolm, the auctioneer, or so, the agent. So, so, Troy, are you saying that <coughs> what people will probably do is to get the authenticity and liveness, mm-hmm. you, people are happy to forego a little bit on quality of not having $20,000 cameras? Well, the, the quality will be the same because you can still get a $1,000 camera or your iPhone at 4K. I mean, the, the, that's the resolution these days. That's become the norm. But they will, they'll go away from the... Um, the colour correction and all the kind of filters over the top, they won't use that. They'll want to get information out quicker I, to the I, I, I like the rawness of it because I just feel like <coughs> if something has been edited too much, you know mm. it's being um, artificially produced for you. Yep. There's something exciting about the rawness. It basically says this person is prepared to back himself naked <coughs> yeah. um, and, and say it as it is, and people are attracted to it. I mean, I see with my youngest daughter... Uh, Hayes, uh, Faze Rugg, um, a YouTuber, and I was just watching a YouTube clip of him, and all he does is he's just himself, mm. and it's done with a simple um, iPhone. He's yeah. kind of, I don't know, he had, there was five or six thousand million. What's his name? Faze Rugg. How do you spell there's, that? There's, a, there's, there's K's. F-A-Y-Z. Um, Wow, so I don't, I don't look. We're talking about an eleven-year-old that's following. I'm not quite sure if our audience uh, is, but I mean, um, it's interesting. It's interesting to get. Well, a lot of the bloggers, inverted commas, video bloggers, are now you know getting to that stage where um, they've got 50, 60 million <coughs> followers on channels like YouTube. So 
there's a high demand for authentic, raw quality content of showing the personality and not being too polished. Well, my daughter laughs at me. She goes, you're trying to get a few hundred people to look at your videos and look at Faze Rug. <laughs> <laughs> but even so, Tom, you know your live streams that you do on your auctions a lot? Yeah. Um, you were saying to me when you first did those, your inquiry for your services actually spiked dramatically, um, yeah. not just from your core group, but from people that had probably not ever seen you auctioning your market. So, I'm a, look, I'm a, I'm a major believer. In, I believe that live stream, and it's not me saying it, Twitter are jumping on it, Facebook started it. Mm. People love authenticity, people like live, people like the fact that someone can stuff up while it's happening. They're attracted to the fact that people are being vulnerable when they're live streaming. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about your Sunday night rant? Sunday night rant is, rant. is Sunday yeah. night rant. So I, I live stream two things. Sunday night rant, yeah. I do um, on a Sunday night at 8 o'clock on my Facebook, and I would live stream two or three auctions on a Saturday. So, John, I so who takes those videos? Right? I just give it to an agent. I give my iPhone <coughs> to an agent. And they just take it off your iPhone? And they just take it off my iPhone. Incredible. And it's as simple as that. Now, um, a couple of learnings there, because uh, I do get a lot of people asking me, uh, Tom, what's the secret between live stream auction videos? Well, number one is, like, you want to live stream a property that's going to go off. Mm. I think it's better viewing. Mm. Yeah. Um, the second thing is... Um, ask people in the audience whether they want to be filmed or not because I think you can be very invasive yeah. and on such a stressful as an option. Yeah. yeah. The 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 third thing um, I would say is really important is give people the heads up before the live stream. Mm. Say in twenty minutes yeah. we're going live. So it gives people preparation time. Um, I think live stream's gonna play an important role in two thousand and seventeen. For real estate agents, they're going to use it potentially for auctions. They're going to use it potentially for giving um, some market wraps. They're going to use it for all various things. And, of course, the live streams can then be recorded and then played later by... Because not they, everyone's going to be available. They, yeah, they get yeah. Um, recorded, saved, and yeah. played on yeah. the system. The other thing that, you know, I think we're at the beginning of something very interesting in the auction space is um, having phone bidders actually still be present on the phone but watching the auction live. Mm, um, wow. That day is I never thought about that very Troy. quickly. So the registration process that we have in New South Wales... Um, and throughout most parts of Australia, Victoria is obviously different, but the fact that people will still pre-register and have an agent bidding on their behalf or a representative, but they'll be watching and tuning in on a Facebook page or another platform, a live stream auction, I think that is um, kind of the tip of the iceberg of where this is going to go in the next 12 to 18 months um, yeah. in the auction space. So it's very exciting times. We're doing a lot of testing and trialling with quality of cameras and um removing the lag time through yeah. the business um, of going from the live auction to the video to streaming it to the phone bit of watching it. Yeah. Um, but I think that's an exciting part of 2017, 2018 we're going to see. Okay. Um, John, I might actually give people a few important save the dates. <coughs> um, yep. uh, the first one I'm going to give people is um, Eric because in the last week we've had a lot of people asking um Where's it at? What are the dates? Yep. Um, so let me give people those dates. It's the 28th and 29th of May. So Sunday, Monday. Sunday, year, Monday. Yep. It's on the Gold Coast. And um, the speakers that have already been booked in, uh, local and international, are 
outstanding, world class. I think that it's going to be better. Last year's Eric, I think, got the highest rating that uh, we've ever done, and the formula is the same: give people <coughs> lots of what tos and how tos from local agents. 100%. And in addition to that, give people inspirational stories and motivation from international speakers. Well, we say it each year, Tom, but we do deliver on it each year, is every year's got to be better than the last year. And that gets harder by definition each year because, you know, you keep raising the bar. But, yeah, we have phenomenal speakers next year. We'll be releasing some of our international speakers over the kind of Christmassy break. And then we're sending out our big brochure, which is our main form of marketing channel in, in uh, I think, early February, late January, like, when everyone's back. Yeah, we I try think... and make it when everyone's back from holidays because we don't want anyone to miss out. So that's it, good. The Why other not? thing is, um, John, is at ARIC this year, we uh, did a soft launch of Million Dollar Agent Boot Camp Coaching. Yes. <coughs> And um, unfortunately, which is very different to yeah yeah. But going to tell unfortunately, the, tell the story. Due to, so so the so the story was that we were going to get a group of agents across Australia, and that we were going to uh, coach and mentor them, starting off with a three day boot camp that was going to give people a clear what to and how to, um, not just blank lines in a manual, but actually a takeaway blueprint system process on listings on working with assistance, on agents that are in growth mode in their business. Unfortunately, um, I got unwell and I began treatment shortly after and you were very kind enough to say that we will um, delay the date. We have now decided to position it as the 2017 (coughs) Million Dollar Agent Bootcamp Coaching most of the spots have been taken because, yep. John, what happened people is... People have already pre-registered last People that pre-registered. Um, just and, and I think the other thing, Tom, sorry, but you know, our, our vision for this, for the listeners so they know, uh, is that this is going to be a relatively intimate, intensive, initial three-day event followed by some follow-up events during the year. Yeah. We want you to leave those three days with an absolute blueprint. Yeah not just some good feeling and good information and good inspiration, that's all important, but we actually want you, whether you've been in the industry a day or a decade, to leave there, and we're gonna cover every, between you and I, we're gonna get some great people, and we've mentioned a couple this morning, that might get involved. (coughs) I'd love Matty's time mate to come down to a session, I haven't asked him yet, but I'm sure if the dates are available, he'll probably do that too. On (coughs) what are the skills you need, because as you mentioned before, Tom, this is a, a professional industry that if you get this right, you can earn more than a neurosurgeon and a barrister and a, and a head of industry. Um, but getting it right is sometimes not as easy as it seems. You need to know the detail. And you and I and Troy have lived it for many, many years between us. You know, There's many, many decades of experience. So what we're doing is we're going to distill all the best of that into a three-day course. We're gonna squeeze every great idea and every great piece of dialogue that we've ever known. We're gonna put it into a workbook and we're gonna step through the workbook over three days. And you know, I said before, Troy, don't turn up unless you wanna double your business and you're, and you're absolutely committed, not just interested in success. Because I don't wanna have anyone in the room that's not absolutely gonna be you know, hanging off every word and taking down every note. Because that's the kind of energy I want within that space. So what are our dates? So let me give people the logistics. Um, Firstly, it's the 19th, 20th and 21st of February. And it's at a beautiful hotel in Sydney. And then um, the day after ARIC, which is... So if you're not from Sydney, you'll have to stay, right? You'll fly up and stay for three days. Um, And then it's the day after ARIC, 
is a follow-up day, which is the 30th of May, and then there will be a day in September as well. In addition to that, there will be frequent webinars because what we're creating is a community of agents in growth mode Mm -hmm. that are there that, and and we're in their corner um, for the 12 months, and we're there to help a small group of agents. So for those that have already pre-registered, you don't have to worry. For those that are listening to the podcast now, if you go to tompanos.com.au and you enter your details, you're going to go onto our invitation list and you'll be getting an email on how to register. And just to give people an idea of the investment, it works out to being less than $40 per week. So, so it's a couple of grand for the whole year's events, yeah. which, you know, the, the kickoff obviously is the boot camp. Yeah. Um, and I look at that, and you and I spoke about it before, and, and you know, I'm not attempting to justify it because I think it's great value. If you're serious about this industry, it's about, you know, 20% of, a, of one commission for most people in yeah. the industry. And my view is if you don't walk away from there, and I haven't spoken to you about this, but let's declare it and see if you feel comfortable. If you don't walk away from the three-day course, absolutely with a feeling that you've got everything you need to double the business the next 12 months will give you money back. Yeah, absolutely. Because why not? I mean, I'm, I'm 100% happy to stand behind it because it's a big investment. And if you don't actually feel incredibly inspired and informed at the end of those three days, you know, feel free just to let us know. And at the end of the, the, at the, end of the you know, second day and say, look, you know, I'm just, it's not working for me. That's no problem. But I, I think that we're just going to get a phenomenal group. And, and what I'm interested in is creating uh, a little community of fast growth agents. Yeah. So that's going to be exciting. So, so John, the, what I will say is that obviously being a smaller group and not like Eric, that there is going to be um, people that aren't going to be able to get into this group. Yeah. And um, it's just going to be a case of it's the first year it's launched. Other years, we're yep. going to try and work out to we'll facilitate and, 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 and get more people. Yep. But um, that's all they've got to do for those that haven't pre-registered, tompanels.com.au. So we'll finish, uh, finish up on that. Now, um, John yes. and Troy, Go as we finish off here, what, what, what's the most important message to this loyal group of listeners that we've developed over the last two years? Yep. What is the most important message you'd like to leave them with as they go off on their Christmas break? I will start, Troy, if you like. Mm -hmm. Um, My thinking for next year is it's all about your attitude. Um, You can learn whatever deficiencies you may have, either personal traits or skill knowledge gaps. Mm -hmm. You can learn if you're committed and you're focused and you're disciplined. Uh, I think back to Eric last year, and I think it was Gavin that, that used a great saying, which is, you know, discipline is the bridge between your goals and your outcomes. Yep. And I, you know, yeah. just this funny these things come back to haunt you in a positive way. So I think you uh, take the break, not only to refresh, but to recalibrate what you think is possible and what do you want to achieve. And whatever it is that you want to achieve, know when you come back or over Christmas it's possible, but you're going to need to do some stuff differently. So that would be my kind of learning. Troisy, what are your thoughts? Uh, Take the opportunity. The opportunity that presents itself in the current market, I think, has never been better. Leverage your time and your skill and out-hustle the competition. I'll say to my guys all the time, that may be in the form of prospecting. That may be just turning up a little bit earlier to work every day. You know, you turn up half an hour to work every day. 
for the next 12 months, you will be in a far greater position and do something proactive. You'll be in a far better position than what you were in 2016. And I think 2017 is going to present the new style of agent. So agent 3.0 on steroids, essentially. They're the guys that are going to work their asses off um, and get out there and really perform are going to see phenomenal results. Well said. Tommy? Um, I think we are seeing a consumer that is time poor, tech savvy, um, um, highly intelligent, social media savvy, um, and I think you've got to mirror those people. And the most important thing I'll say, and this is uh, a learning that I've probably got more from treatment this year than anything else, is don't participate in the diagnosis. <coughs> don't participate in what you don't want. Participate in the solution. Yep. And um, what I'd like to say to all our listeners is this. Focus on the one reason why it's going to work not the 10 reasons why it won't work. Focus on um, what you want, not um, what others think of you. Because you've got to understand, everyone is on a different journey. And as I was saying to a client the other day, I said, don't worry too much about what the others are saying because they're on a different journey to you. Tom, I don't know, so I don't interrupt, but just you said that before, and, and I'm not sure if I saw it on one of your posts or someone else's. Might have been on Gary V's, but it was, uh, and it's, it's a little bit rude, but anyway, it's the end of the year. And it said, uh, <laughs> I'm 97% sure you don't approve of what I do. That was on mine. That was you, but I'm 100% sure I don't give a shit. Yeah. I love well, that. Actually, the word was, uh, uh, yeah. it wasn't yeah. shit, it was, it, it, it was actually ruder than that. And someone, oh, said, someone said to me the other day, you know, um, don't you know any words? Why do you swear, swear so much? I said, I do it to enhance the sentence, not because I haven't gone to school, trust me. So, guys, also want to thank realestate.com.au because yeah, they have yep. uh, uh, been with <coughs> us pretty much from day one. Yep. Um, I spoke to the senior management team the other day and they said, we are committed with you guys because the audience that you have is an audience of people that are starving for information yep. and we want to provide that information to them. And we've said earlier on, John, that REA next year are going to be providing information on how a consumer is thinking mm. so our industry can align itself with that thinking. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So, yeah, th- on my behalf too, thank you yeah, to REA, Tracy and the gang for believing in us when we uh, were just an idea and a thought and we had a very small number of listeners and now we've grown to, you know, sort of one of the more frequented podcasts in this country and, and we're delighted and, and thank you to our Six odd thousand listeners, Troy. Is it? Yeah, every we have? week. We're um, getting closer to eight thousand. We're just about to have a million downloads on episodes, which is wow. Well, that deserves a party. A, a big, yeah. That sounds like at that <coughs> level. You, what happens? Apple? They come over and visit us? Or do they, no, is is there something that actually happens at a, <laughs> at a million? Like, I'm waiting. well, YouTube. <coughs> when you have a hundred thousand subscribers, you get a beautiful big uh, wow. framed poster. Well, we've had ourselves on the back. So, but I, I, I think that's pretty exciting. I've got to say that occasionally as I'm looking at business podcasts and what have you, and I'm looking at what's a hot podcast, that yellow logo of ours, Million Dollar Agent, pops up there. It's up there at number eight at a specific week. Yep. And then I you know, go off to look at it again, and then two weeks later it's down to 31, and it, and it, um, <laughs> it deviates. So It's the frequency of posts. But there's a lot of work that goes in that back end, Tom. Just, you know. Truly. <laughs> 
unbelievable. <laughs> behind, behind, behind every podcast is some brain that has worked out the Apple algorithm. How to crack the code. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, guys. It's been a fun year. Uh, looking forward to it, Tom. Great to see the most important uh, uh, news of the year is your health has yeah. fully returned, which we're yeah. delighted. And uh, putting aside everything else that happens in our lives, the most important thing is, is uh, health. Yeah. So congratulations, and uh, we look forward to a better, bigger and better 2017. And Troy, we'll let all our listeners know when the first one's up. Yeah, early Jan we'll be back. And Tommy, you'll post on your site. Yes, absolutely. Let people know. So have a great Christmas to everybody, and uh, look after yourselves and your family. Get recharged, and come back bigger and better for 2017. Talk Thank to you, you next year. See you next year, guys. Bye.